Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. It's very rare for someone to say they don't want God's best for their life. However, it's not so rare for someone, maybe even ourselves, to run away from God's best for us. While it may appear the decision was made too quickly, it was often a long time in the making, as the person was waiting for the right opportunity. That is the story of Lot in Genesis chapter 14. After years of traveling with Abraham, he ventured out on his own into the world and needed to be rescued. While sad, his story reveals the beauty of Jesus' mission to us. Let's join Pastor Jim in part one of his message, Coming to the Rescue. We all know people, or we have been those people, or maybe right now you are one of those people who wander away from God's best for you. Abram, or Abraham, had heard the word of the Lord, and he began what is the title of this series, Venturing into the Unknown with the Lord some of the people that were with him, and one of the most notable people, probably the two most notable, are his wife Sarah, Sarai, and his nephew Lot. Here in Genesis chapter 14, about 4,000 years ago, Abraham, uh, after his miserable failure in Egypt, was trying to live for God in the promised land. And the result was of his various travels getting to where he is today that both he and his nephew Lot became very, very prosperous. We saw that they were fighting over the land, and so what happened was, or their herdsmen were, we saw Abraham and Lot parted company. Abraham said, hey, you just choose what you want. Lot chose the beautiful land near Sodom where we were told this very kind of side comment where those people in Sodom were wicked and sinful against the Lord. So he's not in Sodom, he's near Sodom. Now, when you get close to something, it's only so long until it's inside of you. And so he's now close to Sodom, and certainly that would not be God's best for him. Now, often, I won't say always, but often, Uh, When people make such choices to go far from God, to wander from God, those choices have been kind of circulating around in their heart for a while. They, They have been making that choice for a while. There's just been no real opportunity. And I think that's the case with Lot. I think that's the case with many people. And volumes have been written as to why people make such self destructive choices. In their lives. For Lot, it's very important to remember that we know that the Lord was with Abraham, and so for Lot, leaving Abraham meant leaving the divine protection that Abraham had, and Lot is going to have to learn some very hard lessons along the way. And the same is true for us. If we wander from God, there are going to be some very, very hard lessons because he loves us. Most of us learn better through hard lessons, don't we? There's going to be some very hard lessons that the Lord is going to have to teach us. Today we will see what he thought was a great choice of picking that land and going living on the edge of Sodom was a disastrous choice 
Because the result of that choice, or step one, or phase one of that choice, was to move him far from God. And many of you know this. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you're not, we're so glad that you're here. But you know this, that when you were far from God, he what? Jesus Christ himself came to help you. And so the title of our message today is Coming to the Rescue. So let's pick it up, Genesis chapter 14, verse 1. And it came to pass in the days of, what's his name? Amraphel, king of Shinar, that's actually Babylonia. Ariok, king of Elisar. Keterleomer, king of Elam, and Tidal, king of nations. Let's call them the kings of the four big superpowers. That they made war with Bera, king of Sodom. Birsha, king of Gomorrah, Shinab of Admah, Shemember, king of Zeboim, and the king of Bela, that is Zoar. So let's call those the five little kings. So there's four big kings and five little kings. Verse 3, all these joins together in the valley of Siddim, that is the salt sea. Twelve years they served Ketaliomer, and in the thirteenth year they rebelled. In the fourteenth year, Ketaliomer, he appears to be the leader, and the kings that were with him came and attacked the Rephim at Ashtoreth, Karnaim, and Zuzim in Ham, and Emin, not Eminem, and Emin. Now, if, you know, if they know who he is, then it tells you something about them. <laughs> Shava, and I know who he is, <laughs> Shava, Kiriatham, and the Horites in the mountain of Seir, as far as El Paran, which is by the wilderness. Verse 7, then they turned back and came to En-Mishpat, that is Kadesh, and attacked all the country of the Amalekites and also the Amorites who dwelt in Hazazan Tamar. And the king of Sodom, the king of Gomorrah, the king of Admah, the king of Zeboim, and king of Bela, that is Zoar, went out and joined together in battle in, in the valley of Siddim against Chedorlaomer, king of Elam, Tidal, king of nations, Amraphel, king of Shinar, and Ariok, king of Elisar, four kings against five. Now the valley of Siddim was full of asphalt pits, and the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled. Some fell there, and the remainder fled to the mountains. Then they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their provisions and went their way. So, got it? Some of you don't look so sure. Let's review what we just read. So years earlier, this guy, uh, Ketaliomer, and his alliance raided the cities of the area of the Jordan, we'll call it the Promised Land area, and made these cities pay tribute. Now, we say tribute, we would like to pay tribute to this person tonight. That's not what tribute is. Tribute is sort of like taxes paid to the nation that rules over you, and uh, often for peace and protection. Now, some of you say, that kind of sounds like the mafia. You're not that far off. You're not that far off. And this situation where they conquered them and made them pay this protection money lasted for 12 years until year 13. And in year 13, the king of Sodom and his friends said, we're not going to pay anymore. If you're older, but you still hear this stuff on when you go around places today, that old who song, we're not going to take it. They're just not going to take it anymore, and they rebelled. 
So in year 14, the evil emperor Ketaliomer and the federation of other evil kings, let's call them the empire, came to squash the rebellion. Some of you are like, this sounds like Star Wars. You wonder where these people get these plots from. Now, this was actually very common in the ancient world. This happened a lot, that you would conquer a nation and then charge them for being conquered. (laughs) Sometimes we think we have it bad. And that was often be followed by a rebellion. Now you say, why didn't they just have negotiations? Because there were no negotiations. They would have to be a rebellion. And what would happen would be, instead of the, the ruling nation saying, well, okay, we, got, we took enough money from you. Typically, they would come and they would swiftly come in with crushing military power to put down the rebellion, but also to make an example to other nations. To say this, listen, if you want to mess with us, look what happened to them. And so they would ruthlessly come in and attack their, these people. So here it appears they came with unleashed fury. It sounds like they very easily rolled over these five little kings, the four major kings. Yet there's something that is unusual here that's going on behind the scenes. The big four came to fight the little five in the promised land. But what the, what the big four didn't know was, and you basketball fans know about this, that the little five kings had a sixth man. Now, if you don't know, you say, I don't follow basketball. I have no idea what that is. There's the starting five. And then once one person starts to get a little tired or needs a little break like that, they bring in a guy who is so good or a woman who is so good, they really could be one of the starting five. But they come in to breathe new life into the team. And so it's like they didn't lose anything by taking one of their starting five out. So Abraham, the man of God, is the sixth man. Now, verse 12 takes us to the shocker and really the emphasis that we're placing on today's study. They also took Lot. So the four conquering kings that have come in to squash the rebellion... They came to take Lot. They captured Lot, Abraham's nephew, Abraham's brother's son, who, look at this, dwelt in Sodom and his goods and departed. Remember, we said last week that in chapter 13 that he lived near Sodom. Now we see that he's moved. He lives in Sodom. This is sad. Yet I think it's also a good reminder to us as a church that this is a large reason why we even exist. We do want to, you know, build up God's people, make them strong in the word of God, but we also exist to help people that are far from God. To help people that are trapped in sin. And most of the times, people, when they're trapped in sin, they don't even see it. Remember we always say we, we, we don't know what we don't see, or we can't see what we can't see. We're blind to what we can't see. And a lot of times, people don't realize that they're caught in something until there are consequences or till they realize that it's now, it's a weight on them that they cannot carry themselves 
anymore. That might be you today. I know that feeling all too well. We could easily say that what that Lot, this is what Lot gets for playing with fire. We could also talk about listening to the wrong people. And that happens a lot. People listen to the wrong people. Or we could talk about, and this is particularly pertinent to the young people, you determine if you're young or not, uh, about what can happen when you associate with the wrong crowd. You may not be like them to start, but you are guilty sometimes by association, and eventually you may start to look more like them than who you really are. We could also say this is what happens when we stray from God and we stray from his promises. And the result was simply this. Lot lost it all. He lost it all. Perhaps we might say of these four kings or or the lifestyle that Lot was being dragged into, that evil was hunting for the body of soul and souls of men and women, including God's people. It's interesting, in verse 10, it says that some thought that they had escaped, but they fell into the asphalt pits. When we get to the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, we'll talk more about that. Others think they can escape from God, but they fall into what we know as the pit of hell. They think that they can get away from him. I guess when I think of Lot, I guess I think about a lot of people. Somebody who's kind of following the culture, not really aware of the effect that it has on them, and then all of a sudden, life just crashes in on them. It's like the person Jesus talked about who builds their house on the, on the sand. Jesus said, you build your house on the rock or the sand, and the storm will come. The storm comes to everyone. It's not like you're going to be exempt from the storm. So if you build your house on the rock, the Word of God, you build your house on Jesus... The storm's going to come. You probably lose a few shutters and your house gets, roof needs to be repaired or something like that. But Jesus said the person who built their house on the sand of the waves of the world, the storm came and their house collapsed and they just went down, right, the river. Their house was washed down the river. So that's what Lot seems to me. It seems in some ways when, when he was trying to get ahead with his activities with all of his wealth, that he fell prey to what we might call the open-mindedness of Sodom and the freedom that it promised. And now, as it all came and crashed in on him, he is now captured by the four kings. Do you think he's viewing the, the freedom of Sodom as being so freeing? And that has happened to many of us. It happens to many, many people. This is a challenge for all of us. If, if you think it's not a challenge for you, then I would love to spend five minutes with you and just say, are you really that sure? As the culture of Sodom, which we'll talk about in weeks to come, is clearly overtaking our nation. It's clearly overtaking our churches. 
you know, you would think that in a, in a time that we're in right now that the research would show that people are really hunkering down, getting stronger in their faith, trying to stay more connected, you know, reading and praying and begging God for, for you know, mercy on our country and, and salvation of people. And yet the statistics say the exact opposite is happening. People are watching Netflix all day long. I'm not against Netflix, I have it. Parts of it I'm against. But the question really is, as the culture of Sodom takes over our culture, how do we feel about it? Do we find ourselves growing increasingly comfortable with it? I I know some of you, when you hear people use profanity, it's very hard for you. People use it, and then they find out I'm a pastor, and they're like, oops. And I say, it's all right. I used to own a trucking company. I've heard that word before. There's another part of profanity that has a weird effect on me. It reminds me of who I used to be. And it also reminds me of why we do what we do. Of why Calvary Chapel, we are who we are. Because... Jesus said, from out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And we are to be reminded in various ways. We are reminded that we live in a very, very different culture, a very, very different world. You know, not all of culture is bad. I hate the fact now that we're so, we're so racism, you know, fragile right now that I can't, you feel like you can't say anything. Somebody brings, you know, an international dish to a, to a small group, to a community group, or to a church function, or to your house, or you would go to their house, something like that, and you're just like, man, I just love this kind of food, right? And I, there's beautiful things about culture, but there's also some negative things about culture that can drag us into great compromise, and those things are kind of like a bad smell, Did you ever smell something really, really raunchy and really, really bad? And then you realize if you stay in it long enough that you're actually used to it. You actually get used to it. And then somebody else walks in the room and like, oh, what's that smell? Don't you smell that? And if you're honest, you're like, not anymore. And that's the way a lot of this kind of stuff is. And perhaps Lot was that way. He was not aware And let's be honest, it's not as easy as we think or as we pretend to remain godly while we are living in the midst of an ungodly world. It's not as easy as we think to live godly and be godly and think godly in the midst of such ungodliness. It's easy to think or say that it doesn't affect us. But it does. And sadly, so many Christians are walking in Lot's footstep. Some are fully aware of it, and some are not at all. And they say, how can I be better at knowing? This is the best suggestion I could have for you. Get your nose in the Bible for 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes a day. And have friends who are willing to tell you the hard things or challenge you or ask you about the hard things. 
Not to mention in this situation, just uh, I'm thinking about Abram for a minute. We're going to find out that he's going to find out about in a second. Uh, You know, the promises of God in the promised land were for Abraham and his descendants. And guess who his closest relative is? Lot. Lot. Abraham had no son. So it would be, they had no children. So it would be for Lot. I wonder, was sometimes Abraham thinking, Lord, you know, I'm, I'm old. My wife is old. We don't have any kids. Are the promises of God for Lot? I mean, is he the one? Are, are your promises for my nephew who is living such a compromised life? Well, we come to verse 13. Then one who had escaped came and told Abram the Hebrew, for he dwelt by the terebinth trees of Mamre, the Amorite, brother of Eshcol and the brother of Aner, and they were allies with Abram. Verse 14, now when Abraham heard, Abram heard that his brother, remember Lot was his brother's son, so in a sense he is his brother. When Abram heard that his brother was taken captive. Let's just stop right there. Let's just stop in the middle of that verse. So, some guy comes running, tells him what happened. Abram Abram lives out in the middle of nowhere. The internet's down. There's no internet, I know. It's okay. He hasn't heard what happened. He tells him what happens. Maybe he heard that the, the armies were coming. And he said, not only did they come, but they took Lot away with them. So if you're Abram, what do you do? Do you risk everything and everyone and go for Lot? Or do you say, you know what? We're going to have to let the boy reap what he's sown. And we say, boy, he's probably a fully grown man. You see, Lot selfishly thought of himself. He picked the land near Sodom, picked the land that he thought was best, and foolishly was so affected by whatever Sodom was that he moved in. You see, what did Lot do? Remember I told you in the announcement, this is a fear that I have, that, that, that Lot had isolated himself from the godly influence of Abraham. And so the godly influence was gone, and so the, the, only the ungodly influences remained. You see, Abraham was not just a relative. He was not just a social friend. He was a man of God. Again, that's why I'm encouraging the joining of a, of a community group, so you don't end up isolated like Lot did. Now, on the one hand, we have to think about, let's try to think through Abraham's thinking I mean, if he should get involved and emerge victorious, although he would be greatly outnumbered, imagine the confidence of God's newly formed people. Remember, God's kind of starting all over again with Abraham and his people. Imagine how confident they would be in God. God clearly helped us in this situation. But the risk involved was huge. You see, Abraham is in one of those places where he's caught in the middle. I mean, if he goes after Lot, what is the enemy going to think of him? 
not too much. And what about his own people? We're going to see there's a lot of, their group has grown to be very, very large. He has no offspring, but he's got a large, large group of people that are with him. And they're thinking, what kind of a decision are you making here? I mean, we all know Lot. He's a miserable good for nothing. Why in the world would we chase him down and risk our own lives? Are, are you, they'll, they'll send all these men out to battle. Do you want us, women would, would be like saying to their husbands, what does he want us all to be widows? They want everybody to grow up without a daddy. He's not in a great spot. He's learning, Abraham is learning an important lesson of leadership. That the tough choices of leadership, and some of you are there, you're a leader at the church, you're a leader in, in, your, in your business, you're a leader in your home. The, the tough choices that a leader has to make, and will, they will have to be made, will often get some or many people mad at you. And the hardest part of it probably is, sadly enough, that most people assume instead of asking. Most people believe the first person who talks to them and thinks that they have all of the facts. And if you're taking notes, you might want to jot down Proverbs 18:17 that specifically tells you not to do that. Thank you for spending the last half hour with Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to help you deepen your relationship with Christ no matter where you are in your journey. Teaming with Changed by Love financially makes it possible to reach thousands, many more than you and I could reach on our own. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Please consider a generous gift today. Give safely and securely online at changedbyloveradio.org. You'll find our address there, too, if you'd rather send a check. You can always reach us by phone at 862-217-9686. It takes a team to encourage thousands. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney. changedbyloveradio.org.